Hey, Sabri. What should we do on today's podcast? The same thing we do every podcast, James. Try to save the world. It's Aubrey and James. It's Aubrey and James. One is a jock. The other plays games. Welcome, everybody, back to episode 10 of Two Fools Save the World. It is currently June 2nd, 2020. Sabri, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, James. A lot of shit going on this week, and believe it or not, it's not about uh, the coronavirus. Crazy, huh? I, I know. It's the first think podcast we've done since we started that corona is not the main topic of discussion. Although technically, technically, we're still talking about it. So, so corona, 10 episodes in, corona lives on just because we're yeah. still kind of talking about it. Yep. And I'm actually but, um, pretty sure in a couple other episodes we're going to be talking about Corona again because of certain events that are happening. Yeah, that yeah, that's actually the conversation going on in the hospitals that I work at. It's a it's a small debate. Like some of us are on the side, like oh, this shit's going to come back faster, and then some of us are on the side, dude, that shit ain't coming back. It would have been back already. And I'm just like, man, that's crazy that that people in the health field have that point of view and then it makes me think like eh, maybe they could be right um i'm on the side of it's coming back and it's going to come back with an vengeance but they make the point too that um more healthcare workers would have got sick if it was that deadly but it's a small percentage too it's not like it's this huge percentage in the world so i would assume it wouldn't be a huge percentage in the healthcare field also to counter that argument but you know they have their opinion we have our opinion and in time we will tell where covid stands there's a lot of conspiracy theorists too out there necessarily saying that corona was just kind of like a made-up government thing because now nobody's really talking about it people are still talking about it yes but it's kind of like a event that happened and now nobody's even gives a fuck like social distancing isn't really happening with a lot of things going on today and just people are all like yeah, that corona was like last week. We're in a new month now. Doesn't matter. So I'll I'll tell you what. Like I was in the ICU specifically designated for uh, coronavirus yesterday or yeah last night actually. That shit is not fake. I still see death on my patients' faces. I still see death every night because of it. So I promise you, it is not fake. But. Just because it's not being talked about doesn't mean it ex- it doesn't exist. And which brings me to interesting. I ran into um, just some random healthcare guy from school. He came off as ignorant to me because I had to share a paper with the class and I wrote about COVID-19. And because his hospital doesn't see as many patients he's on the view that it doesn't exist he kind of mocked me in my paper and i did not like that at all and then in his reply he said a meaning one covid patient which means because he had one covid patient he labeled it as any other respiratory distress patient and i'm like don't come at me bro if you had one and I'm dealing with hundreds and stuff. So there's, there's a difference from what I see and what he sees. But because he has not been exposed to it, he's in the, the view of because I have not seen it, I do not believe it. 
Almost kind of like in a denial type of face. Yeah, and it kind of pissed me off that he's so quick to brush me off and shit. And but people like that, you you can um you can't convince them. He's probably a Trump supporter or some shit. <laughs> but yeah, but COVID is real. It exists. Just because we're not talking about it this week doesn't mean it's not there. Because I see it every night. Just to remind you guys. Going into it, since COVID is actually not the thing we're talking about, obviously, if you saw the title of this episode that you're listening to right now, uh, it's a big topic at a hand, and we will get to that topic. But before we start talking about that, we wanted to share you know, more positivity and start off with positivity before we start talking about everything that's going on. So Sabri's going to speak on behalf of both of us. We has, he has some good things to share in the topic or segment that he likes to call. A little good news by two fools. Sabri, take it away. <laughs> so, before we get into our main topic this week, um, yeah, we just wanted to share a little good news, like James said. So, last week I shared uh, I found the Nintendo Switch for my son's birthday. Well, my son got to open that gift this week, and he loved it. Father of the year, it's a possibility. Um, gave got him a switch to uh two games, so I just want to say happy birthday to my son, love you, and um, also a shout out to a co worker, Beth's niece, um, Zoe. She had a birthday on the exact same day, so happy birthday to her. And then I just want to go to a little good news before we get into it, just with what's going on in current events. So in times of chaos and social injustice, everything isn't completely dark and bad. We have good American citizens protecting buildings from looters. We saw peaceful protests where all races were united. We saw a cop who was separated from his squad during a riot was protected by a few brave African-American men who built a human barricade so protesters and rioters could not get to the cop. We saw cops kneel with protesters and even lead a march and show that they're united. It is acts like this that shows us how good the human race can be. And I just want to make sure that good news gets spread out there. Well said. Thank you. Now into that, why don't you bring up the the current event and main topic for today? Where do you even start? And Sabri and I actually went over a lot of things talking about the particular event of what happened to George Floyd and justice for Floyd and everything. You know, a lot of things are going on. There's uh, protests and riots and looting and different all kinds of police brutality and abusing power and movements that are going on. It's a lot of information to take in. So as we kind of bounce back and forth between different topics at hand, uh, you know, we we want to get across of like, the major thing is, and everybody on both sides, I think, would agree. There's kind of, the nation is kind of divided into two. There's people that are with a certain movement, and people not necessarily against it, but they don't agree with the way that the movement is taking place, and more preferably with the riots and the looting. Right. Everybody uh, agrees that what happened to George Floyd was fucked up, to say the least. 
you know, the cop that actually had the, the his knee on his neck, murderer. Nobody uh-huh. disagrees. Nobody disagrees with that whatsoever. Right, he was murdered. Different things that are going on as far as people protesting, the peaceful protesting that turns to violence. There's a lot to talk about. Is like a lot of people either defending it, saying everybody's frustrated. I get it. It's kind of the way it is right now. Uh, every, this has been going on for like way longer than just what's going on in the past couple of months. Oh yeah, this has been building up for years, centuries. This, it, yeah, it's been yeah. it's been ready. I mean, there's a couple of key points initially how we got to today that I know you you did a little bit of research on. So why don't you touch on that? It's not really, yeah, not really research, but just within this year, 2020, and man, what a fucked up year it's been so far, right? Like, just shit going on left and right, and it seems like as we get further into the year, things get worse. There was a meme we posted, like, how could it get any worse? And remember the, the meme of the the COVID, and then June was like the murder hornets, and well, it's yeah, like, fuck. no, Somebody now said we're... challenge accepted, fucking A. Right, like it's the unjust social injustice and stuff, but I look at three main things that led to this. What's going on right now? And the first one was, and it was a big story, but it was um, the Amy Cooper story. Do you know a little bit about Amy Cooper? Are you? I'm sure you saw it on YouTube, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I've actually saw the video and what went down and did made me sick to my stomach that some people like they're out there racist like racism right. like that is that blatant and blunt so amy cooper i i didn't know anything about the story when it first came out all i kept hearing was karen this karen and i'm like who is this karen everyone is talking about and i just found out like karen is a term of like a privileged white woman and i had no clue i was just like <laughs> who's this karen with the dog so her name was Amy Cooper, and this is the first phase because it shows how a privileged white woman so was in a park with her dog, and a black man was telling her to um, to keep her dog on a leash. She she refused. The black man had like a doggy treat, which is kind of odd to have random doggy treats in your pocket, by the way. But he had a doggy treat. And trying to get the dog, and she threatened him, saying, I'm going to call the cops. Well, she she called the cops, saying the word African-American. It's like she knew the, the right trigger words to get the cops to come out. And it's this white privilege that she was able to use it as a weapon. She might as well point a loaded gun at this black man because she was using these words from a white woman saying an African-American is, is, I don't know, harassing her or something, and she She felt threatened. Yeah, yeah, she said her life, uh, she felt threatened with her life, and that's exactly all we really need to say. And that just shows you the privilege that they feel are are the weapon. They're, They're able to use words against a black man. And I think this was the phase one that that triggered what's going on. Phase two was Ahmad Aubrey, 
he he was a a black teenager or or twenty year old that got chased down by two white men, and they killed him, accusing him of theft. And then the phase three was George Floyd, where he said he couldn't breathe, and there was like three cops on him, and one was on his back, one was on his neck, and it took him to die for this to just explode the way it did. And those were the three steps I saw that led us to this point. And there's so many more names out there that that led to this, even before this year. And we can't mention them all, unfortunately. But just recently, these three steps, I feel, just got us to the point we're at. It came to the point where everybody just got fed up. And I think that's kind of like the point where it is today. Everybody is protesting and a fact that I just learned and kind of viewing on Twitter is that all 50 states, all 50 states, so a nation, the whole nation itself had either is currently doing a protest or have protested for justice for George Floyd. So an entire nation of people are protesting in order for this. So everybody is just kind of saying enough is enough. And, you know, we have to hold our authorities accountable for the racism and shit that they're currently is doing and of the injustice that they are, that they have towards just either people of color and minorities as a whole. There's peaceful protesting that is currently going on. Police are abusing their power in sense. A lot of news outlets and different things have stated and you know take this with a grain of salt you can't ever say this is true or not though but a lot of peaceful protests have turned to violent that were started either by police officers or some type of authoritative figure either uh, tear gassing the peaceful protesters or using excessive force to try to either move them out of the place that they're currently in or just to try to deter them away yeah that's crazy how because i've seen both sides you, you see the clips where some police will take a knee with the protesters or, or they show they're with them. And then there's some who still feel the need to show their power and authority. And I don't know if it's based on how the crowd's reacting. The police are just more hostile or the crowd's more hostile. But it's crazy how you could see some, some cities or some protests, the police join in. And then you see some and the police don't budge. And that's crazy to me. I always wondered if like if these bigger cities like, like Chicago, the New York, the Los Angeles that, you know, are really more heavily focused on just because of the size of the city. And you have some of your right. smaller cities, you know, where everybody's it's hard to not know the person that lives in your city just because of how, how small it is. Right. But you would think and I get you always, as a policeman, it's not an easy job. It 100% is not easy. But you would think it would be easier to show you're with the people. And maybe they'll be on your side instead of making things difficult. Then show you're still an authoritative figure. Where people want to rebel against authoritative figures. Especially in this time. You know, everyone feels anger, frustrated, you know, all these emotions going on. So you would think showing that they're with you, they would be less likely 
to cause trouble. But I don't. I can't speak for what's going on. It's extremely hard to say what's going on, and I'm the same like you. I'm not gonna, you know, put words in other people's mouths either. Like the the news and media, the only thing that they're focusing on is right now is all the rioting and looting that are currently is going on. You don't see anybody talking about, you know, the peace or protest, or re- rarely do you see like the clips that you just mentioned of the cops joining the peaceful protesters and like walking or marching. Right. It's upsetting that you don't you're not able to see that. I want to say a quote from um, a black rapper, and I consider I I don't know if he considers himself an activist, but he calls himself Killer Mike. Um, he's a rapper in Atlanta, and I listened to him speak at one of the rallies. His um, one of the quotes he said, but the message beneath his more fiery comments was one piece. He pleads for cooler heads to prevail. He wants everyone to complete the census and bring their anger to the folding booths. He wants corrupt and immoral politicians to get beaten up at the polls. He wants networks like CNN to stop feeding anger and fear and to give people hope instead. And then he says, sit in your homes tonight instead of burning your home down to the ground you will have time to properly plot plan strategize and organize and mobilize in an effective way and that message was strong like when i heard him say that and i wish every every young person out there filled with anger instead of looting would kind of stop and just listen to his words because he's right i feel like there's a better way to go about this and a stronger way to go about it because for a change to happen you got to change the government you got to change who's making the policies who's making the rules and his words went very strong with me i don't know if you heard him speak but what did you think of that small quote he said no that's deep that's the first i've heard people mention it uh, bits and pieces of the what you just read that's why it kind of like sounded familiar to me from different things that i've uh, been looking on twitter over the past just week in general uh-huh. he's right i mean i 100 percent agree with exactly what he's saying and a, a lot of people like everybody has the same message after trying to get across everybody has the same end goal mostly to end racism and to hold you know people accountable for those who do everybody the way they actually get to their message that's where the message is getting not necessarily clear and where you get the nation divided into two uh, people that are actually I don't condone rioting I don't condone looting Mm -hmm. but at the same time I understand why it's happening not saying it's right I am not promoting it whatsoever I do understand why it's going on though people are frustrated and they're tired and they feel that's the only form of what they need to do. Yeah. It's, it's understanding that, not promoting it whatsoever. And I agree with what he said. I think because of a certain stance that people take, the anger is, it's like pouring gasoline on an already raging fire. Because now mm-hmm. you have people who either you're against, you're either with me or you're against me. 
because you don't right. see my point. You don't see my point of view, and you don't share the same end goal because you don't want to either protest with me or do this. And there's a movement that started out, and today actually is when I was supposed to be. It was called a Blackout Tuesday. Have you seen anything on social media for that? So honestly, I worked last night, so I pretty much slept the whole day. Um, I have noticed like black pictures, like it's just blackout. I didn't really know why until you kind of explained it to me. But yeah, yeah I didn't know much about it. The initial movement itself, I wouldn't necessarily call it a success because as of right now, just kind of like you said, you didn't really know what it was and a lot of people didn't either. It started off as a, a movement uh, from the music industry to basically just take Tuesday off to not promote any music, uh, streaming services or anything like that to essentially just stop on Tuesday. Take this moment to reflect, take this moment to think. And I think that's kind of uh, what Killer Killer Mike, was it? Uh-huh, yeah, Killer Mike. Yeah, I think he maybe kind of referred to some of that because I don't know, when did he make that statement? Was that today? No, that was, um, when was that? I want to say a couple of days ago. Maybe, okay, yeah, a couple days I, ago. Okay, because I do know this movement, for the music industry at least, was planned in advance for a while, maybe at least a week or so. So he could maybe go on to what that... It started off as a music uh, movement, but it quickly got adopted by social media. And that's where I think where the confusion is kind of going across. Because some people think of it as a day where you don't shop for goods, like going out to stores or just, you know, stopping the money line. Because, you know, you stop the money line, money is what money talks, right? So if people aren't getting money because of a certain reason, they're going to fucking listen to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, we really need to pay attention to this one thing because everybody, I, I know I'm losing my money and everything like that. So think of the, uh, the classroom type of environment, right? So you have one kid that's acting up, you know, you punish the wrong kid whatever other people may still act up but if you punish the entire room everybody's accountable for that one kid so guess what the next time that kid acts up not only is everybody in the room going to be like dude shut the fuck up not necessarily that because they're probably like five or six but <laughs> you know they, they're they're gonna everybody's going to be held uh the entire classroom is going to hold that one kid accountable like for that right. and it's that kind of scenario type of type of thing people holding other people are accountable bringing everybody in as a whole in order to meet the end goal other people are bringing it uh, as a social media blackout, meaning you don't post anything on social media whatsoever. And that's kind of how I took it initially until I started looking more into it, kind of finding out where it started from and then understanding other people's frustrations and why other people are arguing back and forth to one another. There was a t particular post today by a friend of mine, and I know he has great intentions at heart, uh, uh -huh. but he was against the movement uh, for the Blackout Tuesday because of uh, he his stance and the way he portrayed it, it didn't come off as that. It came off more that he was against the movement in general. It didn't come off that he was against the movement because of certain events. But he does not condone, which nobody does, I'm sure. And nobody's arguing the fact that he doesn't condone the writing and doesn't condone the looting that has currently happened. The police brutality or people being uh, violent against the police ended up getting injured and getting hurt. He's against that. So because that one movement is kind of quote-unquote putting the quotes in the air tainted because of the fact that police and people and violence are happening he's against mm -hmm. the movement in general which i respect that he's you know he's against that particular movement not the end goal he's totally he's against racism and he's against what happened to george floyd that's a fucked up situation 
but he has a problem supporting something that is causing violence and may destruction and mayhem amongst American soil, mm-hmm. which that I can understand. At the same point, he is not getting the fact of where everybody else is coming from. In this particular post, which was long, 200 and something comments and growing as we're counting on right now. And part of this, he made a quote saying, or just in general, as a lot of people do, as all lives matter. And you see a lot of people saying this during this time. All lives matter. All lives matter. It's not just black lives matter. All lives matter. Right. And people don't get that insensitive to some. It may not seem like it, that you're saying it, but it is insensitive to say. You may ask yeah. why. And people think, you know, because all lives matter. Everybody knows that. Obviously, of course, fucking all lives matter. That right. was never an argument. Minorities don't feel a part of all lives matter and black people you know a lot of like hispanic people you know whatever you want to whatever race primarily we're focusing here on like african-americans though uh, yeah. they they feel left out of the all lives matter because of the shit that's been going on that's right. what the movement stands for black lives matter and he made a perfect yeah. example of that saying well maybe say black lives matter too <laughs> you know because yeah they yeah. under they understand like you know we're just talking about us too like what about us you know and even though saying all lives matter, people are automatically thinking that includes they're making the intent of saying black lives is including with that. Mm-hmm. The statement of black lives matter was saying that, look, we've been getting shit on for the last 50, 60 years. You say that, but your actions don't speak to what you're saying. Yeah. And, and like that's the- where the fall off is kind of going. I was one of those people uh, when the, when Black Lives First Matter. When Same. I first heard it, I was I was bothered by it because my first thought was like, why do just Black Lives Matter? All lives matter. But then I simply just understood and talked to someone about it. And then I, so when I hear it now, I just put the two on the end of it. Black Lives Matter 2. And the whole point of Black Lives Matter is they just want to feel equal and treat it equal as everybody else. So now exactly. I, I have a complete understanding what they want with Black Lives Matter. And and if you don't just – if you're still having trouble and you still have to say all lives matter, just put a two at the end of Black Lives Matter and just put Black Lives Matter 2. And it makes so much more sense to you if you can't comprehend um, what they're trying to accomplish. The social injustice that they're getting, it's it's just so much different than what other races probably are are being treated as. No, it's true. It's 100% true. Yeah, we don't have to worry or about specific things that they might have to worry about. We're not getting shot or killed for no reason at all. And I mean, the term white privileged, right? I mean, I'm Hispanic and you're a different race. You're not fully white. You have no, I'm, I'm definitely a mutt. I'm white, middle Eastern. (laughs) We know you're a mutt. Maybe I'm a mutt too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, but I'm I'm white, Middle Eastern. I get confused for Hispanic, Russian. I get confused for everything. So, trust me, I've I've been there. Yeah, but I guess the point I was trying to make, though, as far as like the you know white privilege does exist. And no, I think a lot of one hundred percent. A lot of people, I don't. I think they argue against that. Like, no, it's not. It doesn't. It, yeah, no, one hundred percent. It does exist. There's never been a point in my lifetime where I was afraid for my life being pulled over for like a regular traffic stop. Right. You know, have I been racially profiled before? Yes, I've have. I, I've have been. And you know, I think everybody at one point feels that in one way or another. De- definitely, uh, people have a different degree to that. If, yeah. But yeah, at one point there there how, is that. How were you racially profiled? I'm curious. It was way back in the day where I when I lived in Linwood, and uh-huh. me driving down. Uh, kind of like a residential area. And I just remember I just kind of made eye contact with a cop. Like as I was driving by, I just happened to be going past an intersection and then I just saw him there. I just kind of glanced over to the left and just kind of looked straight ahead. I don't know if it was the way I looked at him. Like it kind of like, uh-huh. oh shit, there's a cop. I mean, I think anybody has the same thing. Like, oh shit, there's a cop, you know, kind of making sure you don't yeah. do anything stupid. Like, am I going the right speed? Am I, you know, did I skip a red light or anything like that? I'm making sure you don't do that. So, when I did that, he started, he turned and he was right behind me. And I'm all like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm like, well, let me just make a quick left turn on this like street real quick. And then he makes a quick left turn. I'm like, okay, let me make a quick right turn and do this. And he makes a quick right turn. I'm like, okay, let me pull over. I'm going to park. And then he pulls over and then comes up to ask me, you know, a couple of questions and like just plain out, like, do you have any drugs in the car? Do you have any like guns? I'm like, dude, what the fuck? No, I'm just freaking driving down. I'm going to work. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And like a little nervous when he said that, like, cause he did not have, uh, he did not was aggressive though, but he had an aggressive tone. And yeah. I guess the fact that like my car matched the description of somebody they were looking for. And it was a sports car that I had that I was driving and they, it, it quickly got deteriorated. Cause I mean, I showed the utmost respect to the person that called him sir and everything not like what the fuck you doing man or anything like that you know because i'm always i try to be yeah i'm all like no sir i don't kind of like baffled i'm all like i mean you can check the car if you want i told him like if you want to do that and he didn't say anything or beside that he's like no he's just like you have a good day and then he he left i'm like that was weird (laughs) so that's like the only type of thing that I've, i've had in the past like that that brings up like a good point. I feel like every young man, maybe even woman, needs to be taught of how to act around a cop. I think the more respectful you are, the more likely you might get out of the situation. I but do agree if you with that. if you give some pushback, they're gonna give some pushback. You don't know what kind of day they had. You don't know if they're a corrupt cop or a racist cop. And I just think it's something every young man nowadays should probably be taught. And if you don't have a father or your mother doesn't teach you, maybe it should be taught in school. This is getting a big enough deal where this is pretty important for a young man to uh, be raised. Just I so wouldn't he even deal with it. Put, I wouldn't even put that in perspective of just like law enforcement in general. Just, just I, the way I was born and raised, and I took this a lot out of from my father as anybody that he comes in contact with, he always gives him a, a hello and how are you? And he's always, you know, respects her like, Oh yes, sir. No, sir. And just in, in general, yeah. and I get that, I get that a lot from him. My mannerisms, as far as how I act towards different people, uh, is 
how he act and seeing the way he acted towards other people is how I am today. Yeah. So to continue with the racially profiling, um, I've had three incidents where I have been involved in racial profiling. The first incident um, was with my buddy Jeremy. And this is a funny story. I'm not going to share the funny version of the story, but me and my buddy Jeremy were just got finished with some football practice. We're sitting at a bus stop and a white old lady lived in the house behind the bus stop. And she called the cops and said there was a drive-by shooting and it was the two Mexican kids at the, the bus stop which was me and my buddy, we had no clue what was going on. So six squad cars surround us, and we did not know better. We didn't even know this was for us. We're just sitting there, and six squad cars surround us, detain us, put us in the cop car to find out that this white lady called because some, I guess some kids threw a rock through her window. And when she looked out the window, she just saw me and this, my buddy sitting there. So that's kind of, I want to say that's an example of, I don't know, because she was old, but maybe some type of white privilege. But just because she looks out the window, she sees what she thought was two Mexican kids. She called the cop and said it was a drive-by shooting. And the cops got there, detained us, and we were out there for at least an hour. I remember oh, that no. story, and I apologize because yeah. I have to. I have to say this, fucking Karen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess that fits. That's Karen, right? <laughs> that's that so that's the Karen so that, definition. Yeah. So she. Uh, that was the first one. The second one, I was with the same buddy Jeremy, and I've I've got pulled over before. And he's a he's more immature than I was, especially at that age. But I'm get, I'm about to get a ticket, and he just starts laughing at me. That I'm gonna get a ticket, and I had to punch him in the chest to get him to stop laughing because I'm like, bro, this is a serious situation. I don't want the cop to think anything, and I, I so I punched him in the chest so he would calm down. And sure enough, I get the ticket. And the cop, like, he didn't really accuse me of anything, but he writes, like, my race was Mexican. He didn't even ask me. I don't have a Hispanic name. And he writes Mexican on it. And back then I had the fade or the taper or whatever it was called, but but I was pulled over for racial profiling. I think he said I was, I did an illegal uh, switching lanes or something, and it was, like, it was bullshit. But the third time I got pulled over, I was in Irvine, and we were going to play football with our old job, but my buddy in the car was black, and I've never, I've never, like, seen it until this moment, but I got pulled over, the cop pulled me over for tinted windows, which I did not have, she asked for my license, and then she asked for his identification. I've never had a passenger have to give over identification before, but because he was black, 
you know, they, they wanted his identification and profiling or social injustice or whatever. Yeah, I had to apologize up. to him and say, I'm sorry, like, this should not have happened. And I felt bad because I'm the one that asked him to play football in Irvine. And, and that was kind of bullshit. But those are the three times I've been around racial profiling. And it wasn't a good feeling at all. Actually, a couple were scary feelings, but yeah. It's, you feel vulnerable. It makes you feel uneasy. And yeah, it's just not an overall good feeling. Yeah. And, and I can only imagine, like, because I'm, I'm not typical white. I'm a little tan, but I can only imagine what the others go through and why they would fear for their lives with all the stories they hear. Do you, there was a scene, did you watch the movie with, um? it was called The Mule, with, um, what's his name, the old actor? Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Do you remember the scene where they're trying, they're looking for his truck and they pulled over the Mexican guy, and the Mexican guy's freaking out? He's like, every one in four chances, um, I could lose my life when something like this happens. And do you remember that scene? He's Not wearing a cowboy hat. He's like freaking out. No, well, it's it's kind of true. Like a typical car being stopped by the police could end your life if you fit the wrong profile, or you say the wrong thing, or you make the wrong move. And I feel like that shouldn't be an issue. But it is. You just made me remember like something that happened. Do you remember a couple of years ago when there was a manhunt for, I think he was an ex-cop. He was a black guy. He ended up going to Big Bear. Um, oh, yeah. He ended up in a massive suit. So I, I forget his name. Uh-huh. But there was a nationwide manhunt for this guy. And they were basically pulling over anybody with a blue truck. And if you remember, my dad's truck that I happened to drive around at the time, it was blue. And it kind of fit the yeah. description of that. And I actually did get pulled over during that time. Um, first time I got pulled over ever, and a cop like put me over in the freeway. And I'm just kind of wondering like what the hell was going on. And mm-hmm. he just kind of said, yeah, your license plate is, uh, your bumper in your license plate that you have, it blocks out the plate. So you need to get that fixed. I'm all like. Huh? I'm like, it's the first time anybody told me. I'm like, would you mind showing me? And he's all like, I can't show you. I mean, we're on a freeway, so whatever he said. I don't know if it was bullshit, but it kind of made sense. He's like, can't show you on the freeway for your own safety, but just, you know, you need to get a fix. And he kind of wrote a fix-it ticket, and then he took off. And I remember kind of thinking about the next couple of days, like after all this other events happened with that guy up in Big Bear and everything that ended up uh, getting shot down. They pulled over yeah. a bunch of different trucks, blue, blue trucks, and if I remember correctly, some people even lost their lives because police opened fire on blue trucks. That turned out to be incorrect, and a couple of innocent people lost their lives during that time. Yeah. So thinking like that, you know, that's could this could have been me one false move just because I'm reaching in my backpack to get like my wallet in order to show ID, and they think I'm reaching for something on a sudden. Papa, my bye, James. And then, yeah. And that's bullshit, too. And if he was doing the profiling just for the criminal, he didn't have to give you a fix-it ticket. That's kind of bullshit. Wasting your what's, time and, like, 50 bucks. What's funny? I never did anything with it. I never went to court for it. I never did anything with it. Never called the thing. They never tried to get me or anything. Like, it, it oh, just kind of went away. Well, 
one of the two fools is a, has a warrant because he didn't do a <laughs> fix it ticket. Great. No, but like That's if, just if what you, we need. What I mean by that is I, I remembered about it. I'm like, oh, fuck, I totally forgot there was that. And then when I tried to look it up, it never existed. Yeah. But I guess I guess it's kind of good that we bring up racial profiling. It's happened to us, which means it probably has happens. A, well, we know it happens a lot more to African-Americans and Hispanics. And it's just, I don't know, something needs to be fixed. I mean, I it think with everything like that's happening today, to yeah, with everything that's happened today, I think it's it's tenfold now. I mean, could, did you hear about the guy, oh, yeah. the, F, the FBI gentleman arrested? Oh, dude, I saw the video. That shit was crazy. Tell, like, tell us about the video. The guy sitting there, I mean, he doesn't, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed he was an FBI agent uh, as well, not trying to defend anybody in that aspect. Not at all. He did not (laughs) act like an FBI agent at all. Yeah. I mean, he he was very proper in what he was saying and everything like that. He was showing respect to the police officer. I mean, literally the police officer went up to him, and I don't even know what he was accusing him of, but... Uh, what the police officer was saying, like he fits the description of somebody, and the mm. the guy, the gentleman was trying to ask, okay, like, well, what? And he's like, well, you fit the description. He he wasn't very descriptive about what it was, and he's like, well, show me a warrant or anything like that. And the cop was basically like, I don't have to show you anything. I'm just going to detain you mm. right now. And it it, all, it altercated to the point where, you know, the gentleman got up, and it kind of looked like he was resisting a little bit, but not not a lot. He was just kind of didn't yeah, want to necessarily. A it didn't want to like get up. It it never to the point where it looked like it was wasn't not controllable. But he gets off. They they put handcuffs on the guy, and then he, he keeps telling everybody, you know, you know, look at my ID, look at my ID. You got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. And then the cop, he seemed kind of cocky in a yeah. way. I was like thinking like, okay, ah, whatever, just another guy, whatever. And I think more or less trying to think of, well, if he's not who we want to be, like I can just say I can tag him for like resisting arrest and like argue yep. with an officer or something like that because they could literally do that shit which is fucked yep. up in a sense and so his partner ends up getting the wallet off the gentleman's back pocket and it opens up and then what's funny the the guy the black guy is like telling other people who's actually recording it's like hey look look at this look at this watch how dumb they feel when they when they find this out and when they figure this out and the guy opens up the wallet has kind of like a white look on his face it kind of looks like a oh fuck and yep. the guy's all like, oh, what's it, what does that say? What does that say? He's like, oh, no. And sure enough, he's an FBI agent. Yep. And the one guy was like, oh, okay, let me uncuff you. And, like, the other guy was kind of offended by that. He's like, no, get off me, dude. And, like, he didn't want to, like, yeah. you know, try to get like, – but he, he uncuffed him. And then he ended up calling for a supervisor, and a supervisor mm-hmm. kind of came over. But even then, the supervisor was kind of like this being kind of cocky. I mean, they were in the wrong for harassing um, that gentleman. And like you know, trying to illegally detain them, even though technically you can kind of detain them for a little while if you have kind of probable cause. And but he didn't. There was, there was no probable no, cause. Yeah, there though. was no probable cause at all that he was just literally sitting there and uh, not doing anything. Just happened the fact that he happened to be around an area where like a processing was happening, and the occasional uh, that turned into I think like a violent altercation. They were trying to find description of people who are either looting or doing violent things. And he just happened to match the description of, you know, somebody like that. They kind of went up to him to kind of see what was going on. And it's like, what was the mat? He was black. That's all he yeah. needed. He was exactly. black. And the crazy thing about that was it was three white cops, like as white as you can be. 
well, it was two white cops and the supervisor was white. So as soon as he got unhandcuffed, the, the black FBI agent was like, yeah, you guys are the dumbest fucking cops I've ever met. I'm fucking getting all you guys. I'm reporting all you. And he was talking shit. And good for him. Because not every black man could talk shit. So he's an FBI agent. He got to talk shit for everybody that, that this shit was happening to. And they couldn't do shit because they knew they were in the wrong. But even when they knew they were in the wrong, he was like, get the fuck out of here. The cops then still felt the nerve to be like, you know what? We're not wrong. Like, even though they were wrong, we're not budging still. We're standing our ground. He could leave. We're not leaving. This is our... And they, they refused to, like, acknowledge that they were wrong. They refused to give ground. And it's that type of attitude and thinking and arrogance that is instilled in the police that things will never get fixed. They were wrong. They should have, like, apologized and left. Instead, they stood their ground until the FBI agent and his friends left. And that's kind of like bullshit. What if he was just hanging out, having a good time? You already ruined their fucking day. But no, you still have those beliefs and and the th- training that's instilled in you where you had to be the, the tougher guy, the bigger guy. And it's like, dude, enough of that shit. You're fucking the Minneapolis police station got burned down because of that shit. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. You want well, you want to make a bold statement? You burned down the police sta- station, and that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, the, the go back to the FBI guy before we go back to the Minnesota thing. But I think because of that, you know, yeah, like you said, get off your fucking high horse. What I think a lot of it is is that they see the police is looking really fucked up at the moment. They're having a bad name for themselves because of everything that's going on the fact that they're kind of standing ground in that kind of like cocky attitude type of way, they're trying not to seem weak. And I feel like they think if they show a form of weakness, they lose power, they lose power. There's nothing to stop people from just overrunning the city, which essentially it's already happening. You know what though? Once you found out he was an FBI agent, you should have been like, we're on the same fucking team. We're on the yeah. same fucking team. Of course, I would have been like, my, I would have been like, my bad, dude. I, you know, did not think it was like that. I was in the wrong. You have yourself a good night. Turn around, walk away. Yep. Fucking buy him an ice cream like, or some shit. Like even but, if the guy was still calling me a fucking idiot and do like that, you're like, hey, you're in your right to do that. I did fuck up, okay, and then turn around. And yep. I think that's what a lot of people were like. People don't like swallowing crow, and that's the biggest problem. I think yeah. like like they that. Don't. They don't say like, you know, like, you know what? You're right. Instead of like saying you're right, I'm sorry, which I think that would show a lot more respect toward the person admitting that he was wrong than it would showing respect for a person trying to stand their ground to prove that they were right. Yeah, I agree. 100%. But yeah, yeah these three cops did not. And, and there's more like them. And one of them was a guy who took a knee on George Floyd's neck and. We need to stop that shit. They need to be trained better. The good cop, and that's another issue too. I wanted to say the good. I'm sorry. There's so many ways you can look at it too, as far as where it should start. 
I wanted to say the good cops need to get rid of the bad cops, but it's so much easier said than done because when you're in the police force, it's like a brotherhood. And how do you sell out your brother? Because you're raised with that mentality. But it has to be done. It's like you got to get rid of the bad eggs. And people have it. to be accounted for their shit. Yeah, people have to be accounted for their shit. Absolutely. Like there, for example, there. I saw a video. There was a, there was a cop that that posted a YouTube video. I forgot his name. He's been in the force for eleven years, I think, and he was saying, "Who gives us the right to put a curfew or mandate a curfew or enforce a curfew? What gives us the right to take away the rights of the American citizens?" And then he goes, "The bigger picture is." Are, are we and then you answer we're just following orders well who gives the person um, that we're following orders for the right to make this and why are we following these orders if it's taking away you know civil rights from American citizens and he, he was making the point when is the police the cops that are enforcing it gonna wake up and stop enforcing it because we're who who's running the show here? We don't we don't know what orders we're we're following. So he made a a good speech, a good statement. He made a lot of points, and then his seniorities are his supervisors. They told him he better not do a YouTube video like that again. So then he posted a YouTube video of how they're making him stop doing YouTube videos, and he posted that YouTube video, and it's like they're trying to silence everything. But he was right. He, who, who's, who has the authority to control all these people to have a curfew when they're trying to make a, a point? And I don't know. It's just a lot of shit, a lot of questions, and nothing's being answered. And that's what it seems like. As far as so, like what you said is who has the right. Too, uh-huh. or like where they're taking orders from. I mean, there is one person that they like everybody takes orders from, and that's the commander in chief. Well, I think that's bullshit too. I don't it know is. if everybody's listening to that guy. Have but... you heard before you go off on your? Because I know you have a lot to, to say about that. Did, have you heard the yeah. phone call that Trump had with the governors of the uh, states, where he called everybody weak? And Ooh, not yeah. so I briefly yeah. heard it. I but tell me all detail because I want to hear it. I well, briefly heard it before I went to bed. Like not going in, in the hardcore detail on it, but I I because I, I was appalled by it. I'm like, fuck you, man. Like what the who the fuck do you have to say for like trying to you know Are you talking about the say, one with the sheriff spoke back? Uh, well, that wasn't a sheriff, I think. That was a governor of uh I don't know if it was Illinois or somebody, but somebody didn't like the tone that Trump was saying. Basically, he was calling the governors of people weak and not looking out for the best interests of the people that they actually are in power for or they're in charge of, meaning not showing enough force, not allowing the looting and stuff to happen, which I agree, looting and stuff should not happen. But they're basically, he is saying, show all the force, you know, fuck up anybody who is causing up problems. And if you don't, you're weak and you shouldn't be in office. Not necessarily saying you shouldn't be in office, but he kind of implied that, you know, you're weak and then, you know, you need to change. And if you don't, I will take control of it myself, which I thought was a giant power trip type of move. Yeah. 
dude, this guy is a fucking idiot. He needs to stop talking. I did see... I don't know if I saw the exact one you saw, and it was right before I went to bed today. But the response from the guy who... I thought it was a chief of police or something. Maybe it was a governor. But he basically, without saying shut the fuck up, he basically said, Trump needs to shut the fuck up, let us do our job, and if he doesn't have anything constructive to say, don't say anything. This isn't the fucking apprentice. And he's fucking absolutely right. Why is he treating fucking his presidency like it's a fucking TV show? Uh, All right. Can I go to my next point then? Because I'm fucking, that shit riled me up. Yeah, no, go for it. So my my next point or statement is Donald Trump cannot be president any longer. I was fucking torn between Trump and Biden. Um, the Democrats somehow find a reason to fuck up and get Trump elected. And they somehow fucked up and Biden's supposedly the best they could find to run against him. I do think Biden will be in people's pockets. I think he will be a puppet, but you can't have Donald Trump as president anymore. He's a fucking, he's a racist. He, I don't know what his motivations are. I'm going to read off some, just a couple of quotes that he has said, um, either getting nominated to president or while he was president. And because he said this shit in the past, you can't have him as president with this going on. It's tearing the country apart. He is tearing the country apart. I now think this was his goal and what he wanted. And I'm not sure if everybody sees the big picture. But I'm not sure what his hidden agenda is anymore. I always knew he had one. But this shit might just be getting the white supremacists back or white power back or rich white people. It, it, there's a hidden agenda in here. Um, so Trump, I'm just going to read a couple of quotes and shit. And then I'm going to bring it. Actually, before I read the quotes, I'm going to talk about the whole issue yesterday. So I don't know if you heard about this, but Trump wanted to do a photo op in front of a church mm-hmm. where they were peaceful protesting. He, to do this photo op, he had them tear gas and shoot rubber bullets in the crowd so he could take a picture with a Bible in front of a church. Yep. How the, the fuck is that showing... Power. Yeah. How, how is that showing any type of, of Christianity or any type... You know, you just fucking... You, so you could take a fucking picture with a Bible and you couldn't even say that was your Bible. It was a Bible. To take that picture, you fucking had to shoot and tear gas peaceful protesters. It's like, go fucking take the picture somewhere else. But you were just fucking showing your power. You were showing what an asshole you were. And you felt the need to do that. And that was bullshit. You're fucking treating American citizens like you're a fucking dictator. And there was a meme where they put him next to Hitler in the exact same pose. This bullshit. This dude needs to go. I don't know if you want to respond to that church thing before I start reading quotes. Yeah, so I know because of that, that was kind of broad. Or he wanted to do that because of the criticism for him bunkering down. Uh, The fact that, you know, they were saying he was like hiding in a bunker, the lights were off and everything like that. He wanted to show the American people that he 
I don't know actually what his intentions were really and how that really supported the fact that he's not in the bunker, that he, yeah, he goes outside and takes a picture in front of a church. That doesn't show anything. It doesn't prove anybody's point and everything. It just shows how much of a fucking asshole the guy is. He, yeah, it's just like a bully and shit flexing his muscle. But yeah, he's a fucking he's dick. He can't be president anymore. So I'm just going to read a couple of quotes and we'll go from there. He said there were fine people on both sides of the rally, both counter protesters and those members of the alt right who did Nazi salutes and chants. Then another quote was, uh, wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. He's fired. He's fired. You know, it's like, he said that at a Trump rally last year. I remember with that. the whole, yeah, the whole taking the knee shit. It's like, look where, look where we are now because you're fucking doing this shit. There was a judge who was on one of his um, many cases and shit. And he said, this judge of Mexican heritage, um, he shouldn't be on my case because I'm building a wall. So so a a Mexican um, heritage judge who was born in America is not allowed to be on his case because you are building the wall to stop Mexicans. What else? Why are we having all these people? From shithole countries come here. Um, This is what Trump said. He goes, the president then suggested that the U.S. should try to to increase immigration from countries like Norway. How about the fact that you're ruining fucking America and no one from countries like Norway will come here because they're being ran better and they're treated equally? How about that? That's why no one from Norway is coming to America. Because America isn't what it used to be. Because of people like you, you dipshit. May 2018. Trump called undocumented immigrants animals at a meeting with reporters at the White House. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are, he said. These aren't people. These are animals. October 2016. Our inner cities are a disaster, Trump said. You get shot walking to the store. They have no education. They have no jobs. But yet you say it's increasing jobs since you've been president in this shit. June 2015. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. They're bringing those problems with us. He said they're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're bringing rapists. And some, I assume, could be good people. Yeah, so 90% of fucking everybody who crosses the border are rapists and drug dealers. Fuck, this guy's a fucking idiot. That's all the quotes I had, but it's enough that made me upset. I didn't want to put any more. I probably put too many, to be honest. But when you have a president at a time like this who has made those comments in the past, he can't be president anymore. It's only going to cause further issues. I can't imagine him being another four years, what it would do to this country. We'd probably be at a civil war again. And it's bullshit. It, I would, I don't know, man. You got anything to say? I agree with everything that you said. I mean, yeah. I And the quotes that you picked up, that's literally the tipping of the iceberg of some of the shit that this guy has said in the past. I mean, just on a daily, you can look at his Twitter feed 
and to some of the stuff that he posts. He posts a lot a day too. Like mm. and just some of the things that he replies to and stuff, it just kinda you make you scratch your head like how first of all, how the hell is he allowed to post all this like all the time? Like how come we haven't deactivated his Twitter so he doesn't start a fucking World War Three with somebody in North Korea because he's fucking arguing on Twitter? Like I, I, don't, I don't get it. It needs to so I don't he fires everybody who fucking stands up to him. He puts first of all he he couldn't get people to want to join his cabinet. Then the people that did join, if they disagreed with him, he fucking fired them. And it's like, dude, this dude's incompetent. He's running it like a fucking TV show. A black reporter, I forgot his name from CNN. He made a good point. He said he said um in in a crisis like this, we and these aren't his exact words, but in a crisis like this or a time like this, we can't even hear from our president because of what he said in the past. And no one wants to hear from him because of what he said. Anything positive he says right now would be fake and everybody would know it. Everyone would know he doesn't mean whatever he said. So it's pretty much just shut the fuck up. No one wants to hear from you right now. Of course, the guy didn't say shut the fuck up. but I, I think he was thinking it. But that's what he means. Like, shut the fuck up. We can't hear from we can't hear from our own president in a time like this, and it's bullshit. Oh, I don't know. It's funny yeah, that you did. mentioned CNN, though. Like, we didn't even talk about the the CNN reporter that got arrested in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, why did he get arrested? I I was at work, kind of watching it. I saw a little bit. Omar Jimenez is the gentleman's name. And okay. from how it looked, it's a, it's in the heart of Minnesota where everything first initially started and a lot of rioting and looting and different other things happened. People burning down buildings and stuff. They were in a point where and they were cooperating with the police, too. So this is the other thing that's like mind boggling. You know, they're like, you know, where would you like us to stand? We can report and they have the identification and they identified who they were and everything. There was a white riot squad that was going down a main boulevard point and uh, they kind of met where the CNN news team and a bunch of people kind of like gathered up together. And I guess another wide squad was coming down the opposite side of the street to where they actually met up together and they were kind of like stuck in the middle. Uh I mean, then all this was like live on the air too at the same time. So literally you saw it live as the white riot squad was coming down. Uh, CNN people, basically they had kind of like, I don't know if they had guns. I want to say they had guns, uh, not actual guns guns but like either like the little rubber pellets or the like paintballs or airsoft or whatever they use now uh-huh. and you know they kind of had it cocked and like loaded and ready to go and like he was totally like you know hey let me know where you want me to go where you want me to go where stand you know i'm with you guys i'm, I'm on your side just you know let me know where i need to be and I'll, I'll be there you know i'm cnn showing identification granted a guy big ass camera on his shoulder so you know he's a news reporter and everything but uh-huh. they arrested him they arrested the guy and still to this day, I don't understand why they arrested him or even why they did. Uh, even like the mayor and everybody, when he got released earlier that next morning, said, you know, yeah, it wasn't right. He should have never been arrested. Word on the street. I mean, now he was arrested and also the camera crew and everybody that was there got arrested. Not like it was just him. Okay. But I wonder, though, if they thought, you know, he was black. He was in the vicinity of Minnesota where everything was going down. Yeah. racially profiled and arrested them. I wonder if everybody there kind of said, shit, we should arrest the rest of the people just so we don't look bad. <laughs> I 
what yeah. everything everything was kind of going on too. I mean, even like yeah, it's live on the air, so like oh fuck, we better arrest this person. You know, if they did, too. that's the probably smartest thing they did that day. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously, if they did, yeah. But uh, yeah, because so I caveat, don't know why they would arrest. Yeah, right. Exactly. So the caveat on that is that there was another news crew, CNN, down there at the same time. It was a right uh, a, a white reporter and news crew. Uh-huh. And from what they said, something similar happened to them where, you know, riot squad was going down and they had to move, but they got a totally completely different experience. They moved and everything was cool. They didn't get arrested. They didn't get anything done with that. So, and even he is on air and you kind of made the statement, you know, it's CNN. So think of the grain of salt, you know, the drama sells news and whatnot though. But the statement from the right reporter was that he did get felt like he got treated differently. Oh yeah, for sure. So, that's Take crazy that for what what you see though but the fact that a matter of like you see the cnn news reporter get arrested you see other news reporters who are doing live news coverage during either the riots or during some of the protesting the peaceful protesting that's going on and they're getting hit with tear gas they're getting hit with tear gas getting rubber pellets shot at them whatever else the police force are using in order to try to maintain safety yeah, the- justice or whatever you want to call it it's because it's not what they're doing because a lot of this are peaceful protesting but like kind of the same thing with the what happened in washington when trump wanted to get his initial photo op is yeah. that he basically said you know hey my dick's bigger go push him out the way and i'm going to take a picture in front of his church and i'm going back inside so make make him go away that's our president oh i hate that shit you bring up you bring up you lead me to another point that i wanted to talk about which is the media so the media is majority no you know i looked this up a while ago every majority or primary media company is i believe white or jewish or something they're all the top three like ceo first the first three in command i think are all white on the major news channels so which leads me to the question or other people are asking this too the high percentage, there's like 80% peaceful protest, 20%. And these are not accurate numbers. I'm just throwing it out there. I just know it's a high percentage are peaceful protest. And then there's a small percentage that are looting and rioting. How come when they, when the media shows it, it seems like it's 80% looting and rioting and 20% peaceful protest when the numbers are backwards? I, the agenda they're trying to push, you got to remember all these media places are media, you know, CNN, whatever. All the news channels are white ran. White people are, are making us see what we want to see. There was even one CSNBC, I think it was. They mm-hmm. show the fucking clip of World War Z, a Philadelphia burning. They're like, it's burning to the ground. And they got fucking caught. Someone realized this was the exact same fucking scene from World War Z. It's like, how desperate are you for fucking ratings? I did see that this morning. There was some different things going on here that saying that was fake. So I'm not sure. Did you actually see that on CNN? No, 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 I don't. 
I don't watch the news. That shit yeah. will just make me angry all the time. Right. But, so th- I think that actually was fake. There was somebody who actually initially created that Photoshop and everything and posted it and said that CNBC did it. So there's a lot of that going on, too. A lot of like not uh, saying okay. that I agree, I agree with you with the media. They're fucking drama whores. And they, that's what sells. Unfortunately, it's like anytime you get a news, you state the bad because that's what people listen to. People who are attracted to drama, unfortunately. That's why you got to um, listen to a little good news, not uh, this fucking angry news all the time. That, exactly and that's why you know i i love the segment that we're starting to do on our podcast now where we're sharing some good news influenced by john krasinski uh, the initial yes. show that he did yeah and I, I love that because it's a nice dose of positive energy in a negative world but yeah whether whether that one thing i talked about if it's fake all right i apologize but my point is the white people or the the upper because if if the white people are running it that means the top one percenters are owning it and they're trying to feed us the garbage they want us to see yep but that's not the case no one there was a i forgot what state it was there was a peaceful protest where there was like i think almost a hundred white people who laid down white people laying down for george floyd or the black lives matter white people there, there's peaceful protests where all races united together they're not showing that shit they're showing the fucking looters and then this leads to the point there's these hidden organization that are actually setting up looters looting and rioting and all that shit they're actually paying people are, are having them tag on walls black lives matter and there's clips and it's white people it's young white I believe kids that were doing that. And then it was, um, there was a scene in, um, um, in the middle of a riot where this weird looking middle age, maybe not middle age, maybe like 29 to 30 hipster dude was telling these young black kids like, Hey, we need to riot, get those picnic tables as a, as a defense. And then these young impressionable kids, for some reason were listening to this dude and they did it. And there's small clips like that all over all over the internet. And and you're seeing bits and pieces like, oh shit, are these there these hidden organization trying to make this shit even worse than what the situation is? So that shit could be going on too. Yep. And we live in the days of like, you know, or we live in an age of social media and literally if anybody with a cell phone can document and record stuff. So the fact that you know everybody is catching all these instigators starting up like rioting and looting like even in minnesota they said that started off peaceful and so they showed uh somebody cracking windows at an auto zone and they happened to catch the guy and it was a white guy and actually i think there was even news reporting saying that he's actually part of the police station something I, i don't know if that's true or not but i remember reading stuff like that different allegations different things and it's really hard to trust the internet so anything that kind of saying take it with a grain of salt do your own research and kind of come to your own conclusions but there's a lot of stuff going out all kinds of different yeah. accusations and different like things that like makes your head type of spin well and it's just be careful what how impressionable you impressionable you can be because remember the stuff you're watching on tv is the garbage that they are feeding you and when i say they i'm talking about the the politicians, the top 1%, the people who are really in control, they're making us see this garbage. So don't 
don't believe everything you see because it might not be the truth. It, it might not. It might just be a small percentage of what's really going on out there. Yep, agreed. All right. I'm going to say a little something. Did you have any more to say? No, I think we're good. Go ahead with your, your statement. All right. So there is a rare opportunity that has fallen upon us. George Floyd's death has a nation's attention. This man was murdered and millions of people witnessed it. A white cop murdered him. Social injustice has been committed and has been going on for years. But this is so much bigger than George Floyd and the white cop because George Floyd represents all the past, present, and future social injustices. And the same goes for the white cop. This white cop represents how cops view the strength of their position, how they view black lives, and how they view the social system put in place. But who put this social system in place? We need to look at the government officials. We need to look at who is making the rules. We need to look at the top 1% who do not want to see people of color educated and succeed in this world. These are the people who are making it difficult for positive change in social justice. So when I say we have a rare opportunity, I hope it does not go to waste. Black Americans have suffered far more social injustice throughout the years, but it doesn't stop with just black people. During 9-11, Middle Eastern people and Muslim Americans had social injustice put on them. They were called terrorists, harassed, beaten, interrogated by American citizens, citizens and the government. Asian Americans get ridiculed, harassed, and beaten anytime there is an Asian disease such as bird flu, SARS, and COVID-19. Brown people, our Hispanic people, are treated almost the same as black people. They, they are judged by their skin, their voice, their work. They are told to go back to their country or to build the wall and stay on the other side. Our government has sent ICE after them and separated them from their families. And I also want to mention poor to low-class white Americans. Whites are presumed to have privilege from the color of their skin, but I promise that most low-class white people do not feel privileged and are left behind. They were not lucky enough to be born with the right name, our family, as society does not want to see their kind succeed either. You see, we were all affected at some point in time. The point I am trying to bring up is this is a rare opportunity for Americans to make a real change. It is time to team up with Middle Eastern Americans, Asian Americans, Latino Americans, white Americans, and black Americans, and make real change for everyone. Because the only color winning is green, and green represents our corrupted government and the top one percent one percent who has them in their pocket things have been put in place too long where i am not sure just black americans can do it alone however if we find a way all to come together this might be the greatest opportunity for change for everyone we have seen in our generation and again i am not taking away from the social injustice done to black people i am just pointing out a real window of opportunity to make real change well said We'll catch everybody in episode 11. All right, everyone. I hope things calm down. Stay safe. Be smart. Take care.